So 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was born. The, the promised Messiah who had been foretold throughout the whole Old Testament had finally come. And the Old Testament made it very clear that this Messiah was going to not just be a, a human being, not just be fully man, but the Old Testament made it clear, as shocking as this sounds, that he was going to be fully God. Fully man and fully God, this baby. Let me show you one scripture. It was read earlier from Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. And keep in mind, this was written 700 years before Jesus was born. It's a prophecy. The prophet Isaiah writes and says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So notice two things from this prophecy. One is that the child will be a child, who will be a son, which means he will be fully man. But notice also that he will be called Mighty God, which means he is fully God. And what I want to do in these next few moments is, as God gives me grace, us grace, is to help us understand more of the significance of how Jesus was born as fully God and fully man, why that is so important. I want to give you three reasons. So kids, we're glad you're here with us tonight. And so ask your parents on the way home, what were the three reasons? So you can give them a little test on the way home. But I want to share with you three reasons why we need a savior who is both God and man. And I'm praying that for those of you here who are already trusting Jesus Christ, that God will use this to strengthen your faith and deepen your worship of him. And I'm praying that for those of you who are not yet trusting Christ, that this will help you understand why you so desperately need him. First reason. Why do we need a savior who is fully man and fully God? It's so that we can clearly see God. The ultimate joy in the universe is knowing God, beholding God, worshiping God. And so the more clearly we can see God, the more powerful, fervent, satisfying our joy will be. Now in the Old Testament, God did reveal himself to people, but it, was, it wasn't very clear, like the, the cloud of darkness on top of Mount Sinai or the cloud of fire and smoke that led God's people through the wilderness or the way God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. God revealed himself in the Old Testament, but it wasn't very clear. But that completely changed with Jesus. Look at what John writes in John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word. Now the word is John's description of Jesus. He's God's communication to us. So in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word, Jesus, was with God and the word was God. Then look at verse 14. And the word became flesh 
became a man, fully man, fully God and fully man. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So because Jesus was both fully God and fully man, when we look at Jesus, we can see God clearly. So do you want to see God's power, for example? Well, look at Jesus silencing the wind and the waves and the storm in the Sea of Galilee that day. Do you want to see God's tenderness? Look and see Jesus welcoming children onto his lap and praying for them. Do you want to see God's love? Look at Jesus walking toward Jerusalem ready to lay down his life to pay for our sins. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So one reason it's so important that our Savior is fully man and fully God is because that means we can clearly see God. That's the first reason. Kids, you got that? So we can clearly see God. Second reason, so God can sympathize with us. Think of how different God is from us. God has existed from eternity past with no beginning. God is sovereign over everything. God has infinite power. He's never felt tired or hungry or weak. So how can he relate to us? How could he possibly sympathize with us? The answer is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Beautiful Statements. Verse says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So, because Jesus was both fully God and fully man, he can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. Okay? He knew tiredness. He knew hunger, he knew grief, sorrow, and he can sympathize with us in our temptations. Now, Jesus never sinned, crucial to understand that. He never had even a moment of impatience or jealousy or bitterness. He never sinned. But he was tempted in every respect as we are, this verse says. For example, Satan whispered to him to disobey God, make his path a lot easier than going through the cross, just to bow down and worship me. Peter, his follower Peter, who he loved, urged him that the cross doesn't need to happen. Let that not happen. And we will never know, church, the intensity of battle that Jesus waged in Gethsemane when he was battling in prayer with such fervency and such earnestness that he sweat drops like blood as he was not going to yield to the temptation to avoid the cross. So he's been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. And so because he's fully 
God and fully man, he can sympathize with our weaknesses and our temptations. So here's what this means. When we come to him, when you come to him, weak and tempted, he sympathizes. He says, I understand. I know that's hard. Here, let, let me comfort you in your heartbreak. Let me strengthen you in this trial. His arms are open wide. He understands. He sympathizes. We just need to come to him. And he receives us with the love and he will always give us everything that we need. That's the second reason, kids. So it's because God can sympathize with us. That's why it's so important that Jesus was both fully man and fully God. One last reason. It is so that in Christ, God can die for our sins. The Bible is very clear that we've all sinned. So important that we come to terms with that. And the Bible, in saying that, doesn't just mean that, well, yeah, like I, I lost my patience like last Saturday, I remember, and like maybe this morning I got a little jealous, okay. But yes, maybe, but the Bible says not just that we've sinned occasionally, but that we are sinners. And the reason the Bible says that is, is if you're honest with yourself, think about even the times when you're doing good things. It's not, this is before we were saved, just to make that very important point, before we were saved, even the good things that we did, it wasn't out of love for God or for his glory. Even the good things that we did, it was just so that we'd feel better about ourselves or so that other people might be impressed with us or so we wouldn't feel guilty. The Bible says that, that we are sinners before we were saved. Very clear on that. And God is just, flawlessly, perfectly just, and he must punish our sins. And because we've sinned against an infinitely glorious God, that means that our punishment must be infinite. That's why hell is eternal, because the punishment for infinitely blaspheming God is infinite. The punishment must be infinite. So here's the question. How can God save us? How can God forgive us? And the answer is by making another way for our sin to receive infinite punishment besides us being punished in hell. God has made another way for our sin to receive infinite punishment. How? By having Jesus take on a human body. He was fully God. He took on a human body, a body that could experience punishment, a body that could suffer, a body that could die. Look at what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children, that's just a description of us, humanity, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, flesh and blood, of human body, that through death, so that he could die, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, 
and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now remember, our sin requires eternal punishment. That's, that's hell. But see, God made another way for our sin to receive infinite punishment, not by us experiencing hell, but by Jesus, his beloved son, who was infinitely glorious. And him lowering himself, not just to the point of becoming a baby in the, in the manger, but humbling himself to the horror of the cross. So that drop from infinite glory that Jesus had down to the horror of the cross is infinite punishment, not in time, but in amount. And God's made another way, therefore, for our sins to receive the infinite punishment they deserve, and that is by having Jesus pay for the sins of all who will trust him. This is the best news in the world. This means that none of us needs to face judgment at great cost to himself. The father sending his son to that infinite punishment and the son willingly set his face to go to the cross. No greater love, no more awesome compassion, mercy, than what the God of the universe has expressed towards us who have rebelled against him. He's made a way for us to have our sins receive the infinite punishment they deserve without us going to hell by having Jesus be punished in our place on the cross. That's the third reason why our Savior needs to be fully man and fully God. Because that means that God in Christ can die for our sins. Now let's just bow at the manger before Jesus, figuratively. The baby lying in that manger is fully man, human being, and that baby is fully God. Wonder of wonders. God in the flesh. God was born of a woman and because of this, we can clearly see God. Because of this, God can sympathize with us in our weaknesses and temptations. And because of this, God in Christ can pay for the sins of all who will trust him. So, turn from your sin Turn from your sin, see the glorious Jesus, God, man, shining with glory and love and compassion. Turn from your sin and trust him. Trust him. Be strengthened by him, those of you who are going through trials tonight. Be comforted by him, those of you who are heartbroken. Be stirred up to obey him and live for him, those of you who have been lukewarm or complacent. And let's all worship him, the glorious, virgin-born Savior, fully God and fully man. Lord, I pray that you would touch each of our hearts right now with exactly what we need. We bow at the manger and we worship you. In Jesus' name. <laughs>